Well, welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Sea Road Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and with me today is Carrie Hordike, our brand new Outpost Cafe manager. Carrie, welcome to this episode. We're so glad that you can join us. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Okay, so lots of people, they're just, they haven't had the chance to meet you yet. And so their top questions on their mind might be like, who is Carrie? So like, <laughs> give us a little bit more. Where did you grow up? Do you have any siblings? That sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a question. So I grew up in Burlington, Ontario, which I hear your parents also grew up in Burlington. So it's kind of that, cool. That's correct. Yeah, so small world. <laughs> Uh, I have two brothers, um, Adam and Jeff, and a sister named Kim. My sister is the only one that's married, so she has three kids and one on the way. So I have, I am an aunt, which is exciting. And then cool. um, out of all those siblings, I'm the youngest child. You are the youngest. That's really cool. I, I try not to have too many youngest child traits, but <laughs> some are inevitable. Absolutely. Give me some other things. What other stuff? You grew up in Burlington. You've got three older siblings. Mm -hmm. um, when did you learn to ride a bike? Oh, I have no idea. I think pretty early on. I think before I was maybe five, I think I had my own bike at five and it was the only bike I've ever owned. It was a pink bike. I remember that. Um, but I don't actually remember learning to ride a bike. <laughs> That's probably good. You don't remember falling down all this. So you don't I, have a bike anymore? Actually, no, I just borrowed my parents ever since were my brother's bike. But I do remember one instance where I was riding the pink bike and my brother, we had like this property beside us that this, our neighbor let us use and he would always make bike jumps on it. And I remember biking on one of them and then I, I fell and I landed on two milk snakes. So that was pretty okay. interesting. That was pretty memorable. Um, yeah. I actually liked snakes at the time. I still do like snakes, but yeah. Ooh, creepy. But like snakes. Like, yeah. like, would you ever own a snake? Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want a pet snake. I just like to see them and touch them but I don't want to own one yeah okay fair okay. enough <laughs> fair enough mm -hmm. all right so let's talk a little bit about school I mean you were the last kid going into school so you probably followed everybody that you know had these certain teachers and they were probably like oh are you going to be like your sister or are you going to be like your brothers oh, yeah. and that could have been <laughs> positive or negative so did you have a favorite subject in school uh, in, in high school, I probably, it was math or chemistry. I really like those ones, um, especially in grade 12. So in grade nine and 10 and 11, I did like academic classes and college courses and, or university courses and stuff like that. But then in grade 12, I was like, well, I'm just going to go to college anyway. So let me just drop to college courses. And I just loved it. It was just much easier. And it just felt, yeah, like I knew all the stuff. So math and chemistry was like yeah, my favorite then in elementary school though I, I don't know if I had a favorite I really like just recess you know <laughs> spending time with my friends on the monkey bars but not really a favorite class classic everybody loves recess in elementary yeah. school unless you're bullied like if you're bullied then like recess isn't fun because no, teachers time. teachers don't always see everything that goes on they're doing their best and some of those challenging situations can happen over recess but primarily mm -hmm. Recess, pretty awesome. Pretty yeah. good. Um, of all the playground equipment available on a playground, elementary school, what did you gravitate towards most? Like, were you monkey bars? Were you slides, swings? Definitely monkey bars. So in my class, it was like a cool thing to get the corner of the monkey bar. And if you're like in grade seven and eight, you just sit on the top. Mm -hmm. 
So we would just hang out on the top of the monkey bars for like the whole lunch break. And that was the cool thing to do. <laughs> Super cool. Be up in the air. Yeah. yeah now I don't really have the upper body strength to do monkey bars. <laughs> once you've done them once in your life, you can keep doing them. Yeah. You got to build up those calluses though. Th that's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's definitely true. I've heard a rumor that you like to travel a little bit. And so yeah. I'm going to ask you this next question. Of all the places that you've been to, what's your favorite? Yeah, this is actually a really hard question. Um, just because I've been to 12 different countries, not including Canada. So I've traveled like a fair amount for my age. Um, but I spent the most time in South Africa. So that's definitely the top one on my list. Uh, we got to travel the whole country, which was really cool. And there's just a lot of different cultures and different languages in the country. And I really like that. And there's just beautiful scenery as well. So cool people and cool scenery. But then on the top of that, like right after that, really close is Holland and Scotland and Estonia. Those three places, like I love Europe. So it was like a hard choice between the two, but I think I just experienced more of South Africa. And that's why that one is the top. Good stuff. Uh, while in South Africa, did you have the opportunity to swim with great white sharks? I hope not. <laughs> we didn't see any, no. Um, we did get to go surfing a few times, which was really cool. And luckily there was no shark sightings. So you went yeah. surfing in mm -hmm. South Africa where they are known for great white <laughs> shark bites. Yeah, they keep a good track though. So if the whole week didn't have any sightings, then you're pretty, you're, yeah, you're pretty good. You're not gonna see any, hopefully. The ocean is massive. I don't care what kind of technology <laughs> there is. So one of my phobias is sharks. Okay. I'm just being yeah. transparent. Scary. And, to, and to be in an ocean where a big flesh eating monster <laughs> is waiting for somebody to dip their toes in. Like, come on. That's craziness. Yeah. There were so many people there though. They had lots of choices. So I felt pretty safe. <laughs> they, they had a buffet. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. good. You weren't the only option in the water. That's kind of yeah. nice. Right mm -hmm. on. So I mentioned at the outset of this podcast that you are a new outpost cafe manager. And for some of our listeners, they're not going to even know what that means. And so let me just mm -hmm. bring you up to speed, everybody. What we're doing as a church community, we feel that God is leading us to just be light and love wherever he places us to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus to the best of our ability. And there's this small little quaint community about 20 minutes east of Brockville, where our hub is right now at Centennial Road Church. It's called Prescott. And so we believe as, as a team of leaders and group of praying people that God has invited us to start a cafe. It's going to revolve around coffee and tea and hospitality so that we can have conversations with people, be a listening ear and just be a uh, partner in warmth and connection with the community of Prescott. Carrie's like our point person for this. And so Carrie, when did you first fall in love with coffee? Yeah, I actually can remember the exact moment. Uh, it was my first year of college and I had to pull a bunch of all-nighters in a row because I, it was exam weekend. I am kind of a procrastinator. So I waited until the last minute to study, which was usually starting at like 11 PM. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, you know what? I need to go to caffeine for this. So I drank a coffee. And at the time I, like when I was younger, I drank French vanillas and like ice caps and stuff, but I didn't really have a taste for coffee. I kind of thought it was disgusting. 
So then I was like, you know what? I'll try with the triple triple. And that same week I went from a triple triple to drinking black coffee. Whoa. Yeah. So that's when I fell in love with it. And, but actually a little fun fact is that if I was forced to choose between a lifetime of tea or coffee, I'd actually choose tea. Interesting. Now, how how yeah. come? I just like it more. I feel like it's less acidic, so it doesn't like hurt your body as much. And it's just, you can put honey in it and a little bit of milk and it's just cozy and yeah, and I've been drinking tea for a lot longer than I have been drinking coffee. So, and I, I don't know, I just like it. I like the taste, but I do still really, really love coffee. Don't get me wrong, but tea is a little bit higher on that list. Man, you're, you're starting a great poll right now. And so I'm going to ask our listeners to kind of weigh <laughs> in on this. Are you a coffee drinker or are you a tea drinker? Which is your preference for me? I'm with Carrie, actually. I would take tea yeah. all day long. Uh, I don't like coffee mm. at all in any way, shape or form. I think it smells weird. I think it tastes weird. What? And, and yeah, and I can't believe people <laughs> will line up for this stuff, like and pay good yeah. money for coffee. It's crazy to me. But hey, I love that you can have good conversation around mm. coffee. And that's what really gets me excited. I, I've also heard you say, Carrie, that you like really enjoy hospitality. You, in fact, you actually flat out told me one time that you love hospitality. Um, did anyone show you or inspire you to be hospitable? Uh, I don't know if there was a specifically like um, a singular person, um, just more so like a feeling or just like what I've noticed. I would say that my mom was pretty good at showing hospitality, especially growing up. Like she always had something baked for people and yeah, she was welcome and warm. But I think the one reason I really love hospitality <clears throat> is because I've been to a few different missions trips in different locations and stuff like that. And I noticed that, yeah, like they're very hospitable. They don't always like the places I've been, have been really hospitable and they don't always have like all the like, finance finances or the physical means means met and that kind of stuff, but they still offer hospitality. And that's just, I feel like universal and something you can share with people, no matter what you have, you can make people feel welcomed and loved and warm, even if you have very little, little physical things to offer. It's just, it's just a really warm feeling and it makes me happy and it makes me happy to see other people feel welcomed into a space and just feel loved. That's so good. Yeah. That's really powerful thought and image that you just kind of shared with us. Like even when we don't feel like we have a lot, we still have something we can offer mm -hmm. in terms of hospitality. And I think that's so, I use this phrase probably a little bit too much, but that's so countercultural in our society today, like we sometimes feel like we need to have it all together before we can invite people into our space or connect with them in some way. But, but you're kind of pushing against that and saying like, no, it's whatever you have in your space, whatever you have in your hand, it's, it's something that can be used to create a hospitable environment. Would, what do you say to that? Yeah, I would agree that it's pretty like countercultural. I think people always think that the first way they can give is financially. Um, yeah, and then when they can't give it, then they don't feel useful um, or like they can make a difference. But I've just noticed so much that the biggest difference is time spent with people and just like giving your time is much more valuable than giving your, your money or your resources. Like those are still useful and necessary, but I think the number one is your time. And there's always something that God has gifted you with that you can use for the better of others and for the better of just yeah, people in general. So I don't know. I think it's, I think that's why hospitality stands out so much for me because it's, it feels like it's something that God was given to, like has been given to me through God. Um, I should be using it and making other people feel yeah, welcomed. It's cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's a, 
it's honest, it's real, it's transparent, and that's what we love about hosting conversations like this. Okay, I have a few more rapid fire questions. Give us okay. a random fact that you know. Yeah, I feel like when people ask you those kind of questions, it's like you draw a blank and you're like, I don't know anything, I can't remember. But then I just kind of give it a little bit of thought. Um, and so it's kind of coffee related, so it's fitting. But did you know that the most expensive coffee is found in poop? I actually <laughs> did do that, yeah. Yeah. Is it, isn't it called like Kapaluek or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. I don't know if I pronounce it that well, but yeah, it's eaten by a like a cat-like creature and then it's partially digested and so it's still kind of gonna be shaped and then they make a coffee out of it which is so interesting. And I really would have loved to meet the first person to try that. How desperate were you for a caffeine fix that you were like, yeah. this is something I've got to try. And then how do you convince other people around you? You've got yeah. to try this drink. How is it made? Like, I don't even know how you would even approach that subject. And quite yeah. frankly, I don't have to. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great random fact that maybe some of our listeners didn't know. What excites you the most about the Outpost Cafe Ministry in Prescott? Yeah, so much about it, actually. I think the biggest thing, though, is that I can just feel how, like, God-ordained it is. Um, this whole process has kind of had me in awe, and it just made me feel so confident that God will use the cafe to change lives. Um, I'm excited for people to walk through the door, to feel a wave of love um, and hospitality. I'm excited for it to be a safe space that just empowers people to step into what God has called them to. And I'm excited for people to get involved, for a com community to form around it, for a genuine friendship. Um, I also feel like it's just gonna bring up new things, maybe like different um, marketplace ministry experiences or opportunities, just, yeah, I'm excited for all the ministry that will come out of the cafe. That's really cool. So what makes you the most nervous? Um, I feel like this one's a pretty like personal one. So it's just, I feel like, not being enough or not being capable of the job makes me the most nervous. So I am confident that like, regardless of my weaknesses, God will use the space and it will flourish and stuff. I think But the biggest wor worry or that makes me nervous is just my own insecurities, my own feel fear of failure. Um, I keep just reminding myself that it, I don't need to know it all right away and that it will come and that I just need to keep trusting God and that trust that he will prepare me and equip me for what he has called me to. But yeah, that's definitely the top nervousness. Absolutely. I mean, that's completely natural to be uh, nervous and maybe even a little bit anxious about stepping into something that you're passionate about and you're excited about, and yet you aren't fully sure how it's all going to transpire and take place. But just to speak to that, man, you are not alone in this. I mean, we are behind you as a church community, as a staff at the church, a local board of administration. We're all kind of tag teaming and connecting with you and yeah, 100% invested in what God wants to do in and through us in this season. And you just so happen to be uh, the captain of the ship, so to speak, and we get to rally around you and help you thrive. So that's my last question as we get ready to kind of sign off on this podcast is, what is it that you need to thrive in this new ministry role? Uh, well, the first one would be prayer, lots and lots of prayer, which is something that I've actually already been really feeling like I was telling Johanna that I've never felt so lifted in prayer. It's like I can like physically feel prayer, um, which mm. has been really, really cool. And I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've just been so wrapped up in prayer, um, which has been really cool, but I know that it needs to continue and that prayer will definitely be the thing that gets us through. Um, but I also, yeah, I would need a team. I don't like working alone. Um, I really like to have people to 
process things with and come up with ideas with and plan things. And so I'm definitely going to need a good team around it, which I already do have, um, but more the merrier and people for people just to volunteer their time and to trust God through this whole process. And then another thing that I don't always love to talk about, but is that my role is support raised. So mm -hmm. in order for me to really do this ministry, I need to um, be financially stable enough. Um, so that would mean that I need partners who are willing and wanting to support me financially. So prayer for this would be also appreciated and needed. It's definitely a challenging task, but it's pushed me to rely God, rely on God in all areas, which is really cool. Yeah, and let's let's just kind of hammer that home for our listeners as well, just because some of them might be confused, going like, "Oh, where where does the money come from? It comes from above, and it comes from <laughs> thin air, and it comes no, it comes <laughs> from the generosity of people." And mm -hmm. so as this ministry initiative, as we launch into this, what we've asked Carrie to do as a church community is go like, hey, this is above and beyond our current budget structure. And so what we're going to do is we're going to support you with all the infrastructure around you. We're going to take care of the physical place, the equipment that you need, the supplies that we need to make this ministry function and run. The only thing that we aren't going to be able to do is your living wage salary at this time. And so we asked Carrie to prayerfully consider entering into a, a support raising network kind of ministry initiative where she invites people to partner with her in this capacity. And that's exactly what she's referring to. And so many people have already done that, but there's always need, whether that's to serve in your time, right? Actually physically be in the cafe working alongside of Carrie and so many others, welcoming people, serving our guests, uh, being light and love, partnering in warmth and connection and keep with the community of Prescott and with one another. But also it's going to be in the support of, of fundraising. And so I just want to encourage you, if that is a place where you feel like God is leading you to invest, that you can do that right through Centennial Road Church. You contact Donna Ray, send her an email, Donna Ray at centennialroad.com. You can call her. You can even do it through the church website and indicate that you want to support Carrie in particular, or just even the Prescott Cafe in general on a monthly basis and, and get involved. I know Bonnie and I, my wife, we've committed to the first year of this ministry, investing above and beyond our regular investment and tithe in our local church community, because we want to see it grow and flourish. And we're trusting that God's going to take care of us as we're investing in the things that he cares about. So Carrie, anything else? Like any other ideas, thoughts, dreams, hopes that you have that you want to share with our listeners just about your move to Brockville area, this ministry, what you believe that God is going to do? Uh, well, one thing just, yeah, people feel free to message me. And if you just want to go for a coffee, I would love that. I love fellowship and friends and it's a new place for me. So I don't know too many people yet. So I just love to get to know people. Um, yeah. And if you, if you want to get involved, just send an email to church or to myself. Um, I think it's just outpost cafe at centennialroad.com. And then follow us on Instagram too. Um, you're going to see my face on there and we're going to have some fun posts about the space and the construction of it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to get to know the community and just to see how I can serve you guys and love you guys. There you have it, folks. Outpost Cafe at centennialroad.com. Make sure mm -hmm. that you can send an email if you prefer that, or you can call us at the church. We'll get you in touch with 
Carrie, you can follow us on Instagram, Outpost Cafe, start seeing all the updates on the renovation project, all that good stuff. And we are hoping to launch here towards the middle of summer. And we're excited about what that's going to look like. We can't wait to share this space with you and this opportunity uh, to connect with people in a meaningful way. Hey, Carrie, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this podcast and others, don't forget to like, subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, your podcast of choice, whatever you would like to listen to us on, and make sure that you don't miss a beat or miss an episode of all the good stuff happening on the Sea Road Community Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We think you're awesome. Have a great day.